Pain Train Productions presents Arch Rivals Football Season 2. Your starting lineup, Ricky Litwinkowicz, Alex Aldape, Todd Rosenfeld, and Nicholas Russell. Enjoy the show. What is up, everybody? It is Friday night, yep. 9, 20, 2019. And apparently, Nick, your fucking picture decided to go fucking AWOL again. It went AWOL today. Uh, it, it's weird because it didn't go AWOL last week. Well, it was just me and you, and we really don't have very much scene switching to do. I am going to lock that fucking spot up, though, because hopefully it'll stay there. All right, uh, so we have uh, we have uh, a lot of people on the inactive list this week, including two of our uh, other co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> we can list it as there as inactives on the show. Uh, we do have Stephen Waldman in the in the chat. We have Isaac Jimenez in the chat. Uh, Todd is watching from a remote location, which is kind of fun. You said from a remote location. He's, He's got to on the low. Yeah, he's he's on the DL somewhere, and uh, his name did pop up in the chat. So, okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so we're gonna start off this week. Um, there's a lot of injuries coming up. Uh, there was big news in the NFL today that Antonio Brown got released from the Pats. Boy, does it put a big smile on my face! Yeah, it puts a smile on your face. Man, piss off with that nonsense. He's on my fantasy squad. God bless. But I don't know. I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie. First off, I am not going to root against the fact that Antonio Brown lost his job. I'm not going to do that. Uh, secondly, um, I'm just tired of hearing Antonio Brown's name at this point. You know, it just seems like every time you look up, Antonio Brown keeps getting talked about. His name, I feel like we're more focused on Antonio Brown than any team he's played for. That includes, uh, what you call it, uh, when he was in Oakland. I feel like we're talking more about Antonio Brown than we were Oakland. And now he's in New England. We talked about more about, you know, Antonio Brown than the Patriots. So it kind of sucks that he's gone. I'm, uh, you know, but it, it just is what it is. You know, a case of foot and mouth disease when, when, you know, trying to keep it real goes wrong and Antonio Brown should have just kept his mouth shut, but he didn't. And it ended up just costing him his job. Well, also at the same right now, I, I'm not going to lie. Antonio Brown over the last six seasons, uh, last year, he led the NFL in touchdown visits at 18. I think it was, he's had over 1200 yards receiving for the last six seasons. The problem is, is this, okay? His mouth and his brain do not work together. It doesn't. You're right. So last night, there were reports that Sports Illustrated got text messages from Antonio Brown's phone, and they were just not single ones. They were group text messages all about the fact that, yeah, uh, they're trying to get these rape victims info or they're trying to get these people to shut the fuck up with all of these accusations and shit. Uh, the, the first initial one was a civil suit 
that then turned into a fucking Supreme Court suit or a, uh, some type of suit like that. And now this a second girl is fucking accusing him of shit. And I did watch uh, Belichick's uh, press conference earlier today, which I did find kind of funny because two minutes into the press conference, they were all talking AB, and he was like, all right, I've had enough. I'm walking off of this podium, and I'm not coming back. Well, what else What else did Bill Belichick... I, I guess I shouldn't say that. Like, oh, what else did you think they were going to talk about? I'm kind of with Bill on this one. Like, okay, we'll talk about Antonio Brown for like maybe two minutes, but I'm trying to talk about the game, about how we're going to just go round pound the New York Jets. You know, and, and maybe Bill Belichick's in the same boat as I am that just sick and tired of hearing about him. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's every single flipping week we have to watch and, and talk about Antonio flipping Brown. Like, I don't care at this point. I don't think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people are in the same boat as I am where they're just like, look, let's just get this over with. There's people that have pretty much laughed at him and joined in the fact that he's now gone. And I don't know what's going to happen to Antonio Brown from this point. You know, everyone's talking about, oh, you know, he finessed his way into getting into New England. But then you couldn't keep your mouth shut in being in New England. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's just I'm just glad it's over with. I'm, I'm glad the saga's over with. I hope Antonio Brown can get his stuff together, get everything together. And let's just let's just move on from the situation. Like there's really nothing else more to say. You know, a lot of people probably don't believe this woman that she that, you know, whatever happened. Um, some probably do. Some probably don't. Now you got this doctor that said Antonio Brown farted in his face. So now he wanted like thousands of dollars for that. I mean, it's just a whole lot of nonsense. And I feel like it's just taking away from, I wouldn't say from the game per se, but I mean, we're not, we're not really, we're not focused. The, 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 I feel like the game is not focused on football. It's just the Antonio Brown soccer. And I'm just glad it's over with. Well, in other news, as you, again, your fucking screen just went fucking ridiculously nuts. I saw. <laughs> and it doesn't, it, it, it just does it frequently, too. It's not like it's a fucking misnomer. Uh, I'm still trying to share the show out. Uh, I mean, we had, there's other major injuries that we kind of talked about uh, in the news. Uh, you also have Cleveland Browns, uh, David Njoku going on the IR with a broken wrist. And, and you brought up a very interesting point off the air. Yeah, you know, if you looked at that game on, um, what was it, Monday night, you know, and Joku never came back into the game after he was tackled while he was in the air and landed on his neck, and they put him in pro concussion protocol. So unless something must have happened in practice that we don't know about, excuse me, I'm surprised they're calling it a broken wrist. You know, I thought that it would have been a concussion situation or he landed on his neck and it really didn't look good. Um, but, yeah, the fact that they called it a broken wrist kind of shocked me a little bit. So but I mean, I hope Njoku gets healthy and uh, he comes back because Baker Mayfield's going to need him. Well, I also agree that uh, Jesus Christ, Nick, <laughs> your fucking screen just takes all over. Holy shit. I'll keep an eye on that the majority of the time. Uh, that that is Mayfield's one of the top targets, and you can see that even from last year. Uh, I, I mean, they did have Landry last year, which was great, 
Uh, but now you got oh, you got old to old Beckham Jr. There you have Njoku, uh Landry. I don't know how well they're really going to be able to fill that spot. Uh, another quarterback down in the dust, Cam Newton, out for this weekend's game. Yeah, and and I'm surprised it it really took this long. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, everyone kept saying that they didn't think that Cam Newton looked right. They thought that, uh, you know, his uh that there was something wrong with them. And now here we're talking about that this man now has a lingering foot injury. It's going to keep him out. You know, and I, I saw some things where people were talking about, oh, well, um, maybe Cam should retire and all this other nonsense. And I don't think we need to go that far. I just think Cam Newton just needs to get healthy. He just can't stay healthy. You know, he's had the, the shoulder injury that's been lingering. Now he's got this. A uh, foot injury that's been lingering. You know, some of the throws that he had in the game against Tampa Bay were not good throws. So the fact this this really hurts Carolina, I think, because I mean, this is why Christian McCaffrey got the ball at the end of the game. No matter uh, against Tampa, no matter how much you want to dissect it, Christian McCaffrey at this point is the best player in Carolina. They got the ball in the best player's hands. It's just Tampa Bay sniffed it out. You know, everyone's like, oh, why didn't you give it to Cam Newton and this and that and everything else? I mean, nothing offensively was really working for Carolina. And now we're going to see uh, if their offense can be better this week. But, you know, now teams are going to stack the box against you know against Carolina and it's pretty much if Christian McCaffrey isn't going to beat us um good luck trying to get some of these other guys to because it's not going to work out so also we were actually kind of uh pretty much lingering around on Sunday night we were watching the Philly Atlanta game uh all obviously all in different origins of the United States and we actually were all depressed in a fact of a way that Philly lost on Sunday night. And now the reasons are coming out. Uh, right off the bat, Sean Jackson out for the game. A uh, very large possibility Alshon Jeffrey going to be out for the game. Any comments on that? Those are two big losses. And, you know, Philly fans, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Uh, that guy EDP, who's the big time uh, Philadelphia fan. I was watching this video the other day and he was just absolutely livid that Nelson Aguilar dropped that pass. And, and I'm 100% with you got to catch that ball, you know? So if your receiving core is pretty much going to be Nelson Aguilar and then everybody else, you're going to be in serious trouble because this man is proven that he can't catch the damn ball. Um, Miles Sanders is not looking as good as people thought he was going to. I know we're only three games into the season, but, you know, he hasn't really panned out that well quite yet. Um, so the, and Carson Wentz, we know Carson Wentz has a hard time staying healthy himself, but losing your speed guy and your main possession guy is, is going to be, a, it's going to be tough, you know, but they play the Lions at home this week. And, and as I told you off the air, the Lions away is not the same team as they are at home. So, um, hopefully they'll, they'll get it fixed out. But those are two big injuries on the receiver front for, um, for Philadelphia. All right. So let's kind of, uh, delve into Thursday night football. Uh, there's an article on NFL.com. And we uh, kind of thank them for uh, 
kind of helping us out with a lot of these stats and shit because a lot of other sites are inaccurate on their fucking sites. Um, Jacksonville, home dog by one and a half to the Titans. Uh, obviously, the final score was 20 to 7, and the majority of our crew did pick Tennessee to win this game. Uh, can we actually say that Saxonville is back? I want to reserve judgment until next week because the like they looked really good. Either either they looked really good or Tennessee's offensive line is absolute total ass. And I mean, we're talking we're talking about in the last ten minutes alone. I swear to God, Marcus Mariota was was sacked at least six, seven times. And like I told you off air, what I don't understand is coming out of Oregon, Marcus Mariota was known for having really good speed as a quarterback. Like we knew he had an accurate arm. We knew he kind of had a strong arm, not as strong as Jameis, but it's enough to get you by. But he also had wheels. And the problem is, is that um, uh, he displayed none of it on thursday now i know this is for the second game in a row that they've had these set these thursday night games in the southeast or the south uh you know obviously last week in carolina this week in jacksonville and it's rained like hell but the rain should not be a reason why your dumbass could not block for marcus mariota they were either getting busted for holding or the pocket collapsed and Marcus Mariota just could not get out of there. And then there were times where I thought that he should have just ran the ball and he wasn't doing it. So uh, they did not put Tennessee, uh, the Tennessee offensive line did not put uh, Marcus Mariota in a very good situation. Um, with that being said, I think with that being said, um, I read some reports today of people talking about how Jacksonville may have found the quarterback in the future with Minshew. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, he had one good game. He was, you know, he was going to have a good game against Kansas city because Kansas city has no tape on him. Last week. He was okay. This week he was okay. Like the offense did. Okay. Like he made a couple of really good throws. The one to shark was really good. But I mean, outside of that, though, like uh, Leonard Fournette could not find lanes to save his life. Plus, there were times where he did have a lane and he just couldn't, you know, he couldn't keep his feet because the field was so damn wet. So I want to wait till week seven or week eight before uh, we start talking about uh, Minshew the second being the new future quarterback for Jacksonville. Let's talk week seven. Let's see how good he looks. And then we'll figure out because the longer Nick Foles is out and this kid keeps playing. And if, if he keeps gathering wins, it's going to be hard to bring Nick Foles back in, even though you paid him a lot of money. I, well, all right. So the only problem that I'll have with this, and we have uh, Randy's in here. Uh, Pete Morjohn's in here. Listen, not for anything, I don't want to put stock on any one of these teams, okay? First off, you have this huge-ass trade talk about Jalen Ramsey being traded to one of four possible destinations. Yep. He's now not said anything after they won last night. Still not mean, It still doesn't mean that they're out of the water at this point. I believe they're one and two right. for Jacksonville. Okay, so you're a sub-500 team. Tennessee is the same record now at one and two. This was a division matchup. 
Okay, that's pretty understandable. But the stock that we looked at in Tennessee on Tuesday night, we said, A, they had a running game. That apparently was not available last night. Yeah, yeah. All right. Mariota only threw for 204 yards, sacked nine times, picked off four. Yeah. Okay. Um, You know, I'm sorry to say it, but first off, Fournette didn't really have a big night last night. No, he did. Jacksonville. He only had the one run at the end was his best run. That was the chunk of his yards because going into that, what was it, like a 69-yard run? He was at minus eight yards on the ground. So, I mean, I'm sorry. I did have Mariota at 304. It was Minishu at 204. Right. But, again, no Derrick Henry was was barely, like, visible last night whatsoever. Okay, 17 carries for 44 Humphreys did have six catches for 93 yards on nine targets, but they didn't score till the fourth quarter, the Titans. So, again, I, I don't know if these, these are two teams you really want to put any stock in whatsoever. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I, I can kind of see there. My camera's like messing up. Um, yeah, dude. I'm 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 with you. Like I was not impressed with any team last night. I wasn't impressed with uh Tennessee's offensive line. And I'm still not impressed with the offense of Jacksonville because the the offense still runs through Leonard Fournette. And if Leonard Fournette cannot get it going, this offense is not going to get it going. And that was the struggle last night. You know, um, luckily for Jacksonville, their defense came to play and Tennessee's offensive line forgot that they had a game last night because that's most definitely how they played. But at the same time, again, dude, I'm just not impressed. You're like It's a win, but it's, it wasn't an impressive win, at least not on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, I think it's one of those things where if um, – if Jacksonville's really going to keep getting going and stay afloat in this in the in the AFC South, which is still wide open, um, they're going to have to get that offense going. Randy, don't worry about it. We already talked about the Antonio Brown shit. He let off the show, so we don't have to ever talk about that motherfucker ever again. Yes, I called him a motherfucker because he's probably fucked mothers way down the line. All right, let's fucking talk the 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 real meat and fucking potatoes of our show. NFL football, we've got another full slate. Next week starts all the bye weeks. We can get that all shit out of the way, and it's a lot easier. All right. Now, I've seen this schedule listing about seven different ways, but I am going to go off of the regular listing. I'm not going to give any particular numbers except for the spreads and the under-overs. So we're going to start off the slate with Cincinnati at Buffalo. Lovely bunch of coconuts these both teams are. And the line is Buffalo minus four under over 40 and a half. Yeah, dude. Uh, as, as you well know, as many people well know, um, I'm forever high on this Buffalo team and the team. You know, I know Buffalo from where the Meadowlands is, is no hop, skip and a jump away. But Buffalo really didn't have to travel too far, quote unquote. This the last two weeks beating both the Giants and the Jets at home. Now, the the Jets game, we know um, they um, um, oh, I know what happened. CJ Mosley went out. 
for like the first two and a half, three quarters, Buffalo was struggling. C.J. Mosley really had that defense on, you know, in lock. He goes down with the groin injury. Buffalo scores 17 unanswered. Last week, Buffalo looked a tad bit better with um, they looked a tad bit better uh, against the Giants, whose defense really isn't that good, and they dropped 28 on them. Um, Cincinnati. I think has played at least offensively much better than maybe what we have seen. And that's without them having uh what's his name there? Uh, AJ green, who's been, you know, out with the ankle injuries going to be out for the first three or four weeks. You know, John Ross, I thought was a good wide receiver when they drafted him. I just thought they drafted him too high. I think everyone kind of, I thought everyone uh, kind of, for whatever reason, um, got hyped up with the 40 time in the combine because he beat Chris Johnson's 40 time. But John Ross has really played well in the last two games. Um, but Buffalo's defense, this is the first game at home. I still think that Buffalo's defense is absolutely amazing. Um, so not only am I going to take Buffalo to win, but I'm definitely taking Buffalo minus the four. Uh, I think Josh Allen's going to have himself a decent game. And look at it like this. Josh Allen, and I got to give him all the props in the world, does not have the sexiest receivers in the game, but they get the job done. Like John Brown was a really good piece in, um, I'm not, yeah, John Brown in uh, when he was in Arizona. And now you're kind of seeing him flourish in that number two role because Zay Jones is technically the number one, but he's really flourishing being that security blanket for uh, Josh Allen. So I like um, I like Buffalo minus the four. All right. I'm actually probably going to go the same way myself. And the only reason why I say this is this. Buffalo, no, yes. Buffalo, Buffalo does have a few injuries on their list, and we welcome all 10 people that have shown up. Uh, Stephen Wolman still in the room. Kent Williams, what's going on? Brian O'Brien, how you doing? We got twelve peeps. Share the show. Let's talk some football. Let's make some fucking picks. Let's make some fucking picks. Kent Williams right now says cheat. Well, we haven't got to the Chiefs game. Uh, what, who's going to win between Cincinnati and uh, the Forty Niners? Uh, Steven's got Cincinnati. He says he's taking Cincinnati upset. I just said Cincinnati and Forty Niners. Welcome to Week Three. Uh, Cincinnati the Bills. By the way, Stephen, if you make picks with us for the rest of the year, you guys can you can enter yourself into the contest, even though you're two weeks behind. Uh, but we will be doing that by a winning percentage. Yep. And we do have uh, an actual thing where we're giving away a prize at the end of the uh, season. So I'm gonna I'm gonna actually pencil Stephen in right now, and I have him with Cincinnati. Is that Cincinnati with the uh, taking the the four and the win? Because we're doing it with spreads as well. So. I am going to go Buffalo uh, on both sides of the coin. I will say that right now. Last week, I was a little bit on the, uh, on the edge because, you know, it was me and you, and Alex was taking care of the chat, and I still had to write everything down. All right. Kent Williams said he's taking the Bengals. Is that with the, with the points or without the points? Um, he, doesn't, he didn't say yet, so we're going to figure it out right, here. So we'll, uh, I'll pencil him in for... Uh... All right, so... Uh... Well, I, I don't know. If Steven's taking Cincinnati to win, then he automatically, the points have to go with him because you can't say, oh, I guess you could say minus, no, nah, because that's an upset. So, yeah, what yeah, a win would be would have them plus four. So. Right. So, I mean, even even if they, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Never mind. You're right. All right. So uh, if, Isaac Scott. 
if you're going to take the 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 underdog, you almost automatically take the points with it. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if Cincinnati's going to win, then it automatically goes with the four because even if they won by one, they still covered. All right. So for those who have just joined, the spread for this game is mi- is Buffalo minus four. So that would make Cincinnati up four nothing to start the game. Isaac just explaining. Said- all right, cool. Isaac said he's feeling a close game. Bills by three. Cincinnati with the spread. I can actually feel that, though. I feel that actual uh, spot. All right. Next up on the list. Let me switch uh, screens here. All right. We got Detroit at Philly. Yeah, and we were. Oh, what's the, what's the spread on that? It's, I think it's minus six, right? Uh, let's see here. Because the fucking screen. Here. That would be Philly minus seven. Minus seven. Ooh. Under over 49 and a half. Yeah, I might have to take the under on that one. Um, I said it earlier. If this game was in Detroit, especially with the injuries that Philly is going through, as we mentioned earlier in the show, no Alshon Jeffrey, no Deshaun Jackson. Um, Steven said his phone is ready to die. When it goes out, he'll send you the rest of his picks. Uh, he'll message you with his picks. That works for me. All right, cool. Um, I, I just, I, I, I want to say Philly wins, but I'm taking Detroit plus the seven because Detroit doesn't play the same on the road than they do at home. If this game was in Detroit, I think Detroit beats the brakes off them. But because this game is in Philly, uh, it's a different dynamic. So I think that Philly is going to win, but I don't think they cover the seven. Okay, Philly and then Detroit. All right. Uh, Steven says he's got Philly. Yep. And Brian said he's taking Philly with the spread as well. This makes it a lot more interesting. Oh, yeah. Most deaf. Most deaf. And, and again, if you guys every Friday night can't get on the show or you watch the show late, message the Arch Rival page. Give us your picks there. We'll put them in the system. We actually are spreadsheet this year. It's just not everything on paper. Uh, so it's a little bit more advanced. Isaac says Philly both ways. Wentz needs a big game here. All right. Well, here's my issue with Philly. All right. Now, according to the injury list as of currently right now, uh, they have Corey Clement out with a shoulder issue. Deshaun Jackson, abdomen out. Timothy Jerrigan, foot out. Uh, One of their offensive tackles with a back out. All Sean Jeffrey is questionable with a calf injury. And they also have here, let me see, they just checked the Detroit side. I think everybody was marked questionable. Philly has not really shown very much to me the first two games of the season. Mm-hmm. They were down 17 to the Redskins, had to fight back. Only win the game by three in a game they were favored big. This week, again, I understand no all Sean Jeffrey and no Deshaun Jackson. But you have five fucking running backs. Why are you not throwing the ball out of the backfield? Zach Ertz cannot be the the, the main fucking stanchion of your team. Offensively. Mm -hmm. Defensively, their secondary is garbage. Yeah. Because they're giving up points. You figure they gave up 27 to Atlanta on Monday night. Or was it Sunday night? Sunday night, sorry. Okay. Then you gave up 27 to Washington opening week. So you've already given up 54 points the first two games. It starts to seem like a trend. 
if Philly wins, Philly wins this game by maybe three. Mm-hmm. I don't think they f- they're going to cover the full seven. Fair enough. So I'm going to go Philly Detroit. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay, next up on the docket, we have oh a squash game. We're not going to really talk very much about this game, even though I'm already wearing the colors. Jets visiting Boxborough, the Razor, Gillette, to play the 2-0 New England Patriots. Let me ask you this question. The only question I really have about this game, does Adam Gay survive the entire season as, as head coach? No. Okay, thank you. Because he's not a head coach. He is not a head coach. Adam Gase, Adam Gase was, was a good coordinator when he was out here in Chicago with the Bears and whatnot. And for and he didn't get it done in Miami. And I mean, this team is just this team offensively is garbage. Like Le'Veon Bell literally went to New York literally just to get paid. He didn't go there to win. He went there to get paid because Trevor Simeon got his ankle busted. Demarius Thomas doesn't know the routes. They just looked horrible against the Browns, who, oh, by the way, gave up 42 points against um Tennessee the week before so whatever New England is getting I'm taking them plus minus whatever they're getting well let's kind of uh, delve into that because this line opened on Tuesday about a pick them I don't know why it's it opened at pick all right but I did follow this throughout the week the line now for the game averages out at 21 and a half points so that's three touchdowns and an extra point in technicality. The Patriots have to win by at home. Yeah, dude. And think about it like this. This is how good. I know they've played some sorry competition, but defense is defense. New England is one of three teams that has not given up a red zone defense. So, I mean, a red zone touchdown so far this year. Um, it's them. Tampa, and for the life of me, I can't think of the third one. But these teams have not given up a red zone touchdown all year. So, I mean, kudos. And I don't think New England, New England gave up what? They have not had a, they've not given up a red zone touchdown since last year. Yeah, dude. And I don't think they've given up a touchdown all year. There's I think no, they've only given up three points. Yeah. And I don't see how they are going to give up. If they do give up a touchdown, it's a gimme touchdown, but it'll just be another nail in the coffin of the sorry-ass season for Adam Gase. If Steve Wilkes can get fired out of Arizona for the way he he got out, um, what you call it will get fired too because Adam Gase is garbage. All right, so are you going New England minus 21 and a half? Yes, I am. Okay. With Luke Falk as the starting quarterback, of New England, yes. Well, t- the only issue that I have currently right now is as I'm looking at the uh, injury report here. All right, so Demarius Thomas is out. Uh, Clinton Mosley. Oh, is that what we're going by now? It's not CJ Mosley. It's Clinton. <laughs> I, what, the dude, I will refer to him as CJ Mosley. All right, so the only two guys that they really have listed as out, and the other three are doubtful, okay? Uh, obviously, uh, Mr. Sam Mono Darlin, uh, Darnold is out. Uh, we have Jordan Jenkins out. Uh, Demarius Thomas, doubtful. Mosley, doubtful. Quinton Williams, doubtful. And the rest of the team looks like a fucking mash unit. 
Yeah. All right. Oh, the only player that's going to be out for the Pats is James Devlin. Everybody else is questionable, including Tom Brady, who uh, has a little bit of an injury himself from that Miami game. He did get tossed around a little bit, and I just mean a little bit. So, uh, see, I, the, I, I'm really kind of worried about the spread. That, I have to say, I am a little worried about the spread. And the only reason why I say that is the Jets games with them have always been tight. They've ne- at New England, it's usually a blowout, but it's usually like 14 to 20 points, where obviously we're sitting here at 21 and a half. It, it makes it a lot more questionable. So if this game were at MetLife, I guarantee you this would not be a 21-point blowout. In New England, probably it would be a 21-point. But Antonio Brown is really not going to mean nothing for him being there. So, Yeah, I mean, absolutely not. Dude, if this, if this Jets team was, uh, if this Jets team was, had like any, you know, competition within them, any heart in them, yeah, I agree with you. This team blows. All the way around, this team sucks. And now, there were, I was listening to uh, uh, Wingo and Golik going to work, I think it was the other day, and there might be some rumblings that the Jets might actually consider trading Jamal Adams for a first-round draft pick if it comes today. Really? So, and Jamal Adams just got fined the other day $21,000 for you know, whatever hit he had on Monday night and he went to Twitter and was not too happy about it. So, but I don't, I, dude, I just don't, I don't see the Jets putting up any fight. It, like you guys, you guys will probably watch like maybe two quarters of this game and then just flip your TV to watch something else because that's probably when the game's going to be over with. Oh, that, oh, that's when the network will change the game and then we'll have to watch something really crappy. Oh yeah, because on the in the New York market this week, actually that game will be on TV. So we are going to now Minnesota, where the Raiders just coming off of that loss last week against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, going against the uh, rebounding Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota, Minnesota minus seven under over forty three. Yeah, dude, we saw. I think last week in uh, Oakland, we saw the tale of two teams. We saw an Oakland team that was super fired up against Denver. We saw an Oakland team that came back down to earth against Kansas City. Um, With Minnesota, I have to give credit where credit's due, and I don't mean to to try and veer off too far, but Green Bay's defense, I think, is a lot better than, than I had initially given it credit at the beginning of the season. Um, with that being said, outside of the 75 yard run by uh, for a touchdown by Dalvin Cook, dude, this Minnesota offense is pretty lethargic if the running game doesn't get going. Why? Because freaking Kirk Cousins is an overrated POS and has been robbing the Minnesota Vikings blind of money. I mean, that is that is pure facts. Uh, with that being said. I expect Oakland to get the run. I'm Oakland. Jesus. Minnesota to get the run game back up and going. Um, I don't trust Oakland on the road, and I don't trust them with this team on the road. And, I I mean, I know Kansas City had Patrick Mahomes, but I still think Minnesota comes back. You said the spread is what? Minus what? Minus seven. Ah. 
The only input that I got to say about this is, and and it didn't look, I mean, they didn't really run the ball, okay? But Kansas City did not have a very good run game on Sunday against Oakland. Right. Which I did kind of notice. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you had, I can't, who do they have now? Uh, LaShawn McCoy? Okay. Sean McCoy, Damian Williams, but he got hurt. Yeah, Damian Williams is out for this week. And to top that all off, it it just doesn't look like Kansas City can get their run game going. Oakland had a really, really good run game, a run defense on Sunday uh, for the half and I think maybe seven minutes that I watched of it because I legitimately fell asleep after the second quarter. So, in a way, uh, there's no real traumatic injuries for Oakland coming up for this game. Uh, same for Minnesota, I believe. Double check that and make sure. Yeah, uh, there's only uh, Mackenzie Alexander is out. Uh, Barr, Hughes, and yeah, I guess the rest of them are questionable. So, yeah, Minnesota's pretty much coming into this game healthy. Oakland's got a few bumps and bruises, but I, I this this may actually be a Minnesota win. But Oakland winning with the points. Yeah, I'm, that's where I'm going to go with you. If, if it, yeah, do seven's too high because because uh, it's not like Kirk Cousins some barn burner out there. Yeah, seven's too high. So I'm going to go with you. I'm going go with Minnesota, but Oakland wins with the points. All right. Uh, let's see. Stephen went with Oakland. He uh, did. Isaac didn't answer yet. So all right. Next up on the uh, game slate. Well, we just talked about them. We'll be talking about them again. Baltimore at Kansas City. This one here is going to be a barn burner. Yeah, it is. This should be probably game of the week in the in the one o'clock slate. We have oh, very very interesting. We have Kansas City minus six. Yeah, dude, Lamar Jackson is is some kind of quarterback, and. Uh, you know, he looked good again last week. I think he run, threw the ball for 250 yards and rushed for more than 100 yards. Now, here's the funny thing. The funny thing is they said that that had never been done in NFL history before. That's a lie. It has been done before, and it was done by Colin Kaepernick in that uh in that game against Green Bay in the playoff game where he went off for like 150 some yards. I mean, just ran all over Green Bay. So, I mean, take it for what, <laughs> take it for what it is. But, uh, you know, they, they're really trying to exile that food, uh, that brother. But nonetheless, though, Lamar Jackson has been out there tearing it up. Um, I like, I like, um, I'm sorry, I'm over here being distracted because freaking the Yankees just lost and Joe West has to be the one of the biggest pieces of absolute shit as an umpire. And now I got to turn the game so I don't lose my focus. Wow. Freaking what a piece of crap. God, Joe West. How does Joe West still have a job? Can somebody help me out on that? Because he's paid by Fox. God bless. Anyway, anyway, um... Kansas City's defense, I think, is going to be in a little bit of trouble because, I mean, they looked good against Oakland last week. I think Oakland was kind of, uh, you know, their own worst enemy, for lack of a better way of putting it. But Lamar Jackson is some kind of stud. Like, we 
We questioned if this man could be an NFL quarterback. Remember, when he came out in the draft, there were people talking about how they wanted to make Lamar Jackson wide receiver. He said, hell no, I want to be a quarterback. Then when he came in last year, everyone questioned if he could throw the ball. Then he came out against Miami and he threw the ball really well. Then he came out last week and he threw the ball and he ran the ball. And albeit that this game is on the road, Lamar Jackson is not scared of the big time. Um... So I'm going to take the Ravens and whatever points are going with them. I think they upset Kansas City. It's going to be a shootout, but I think Lamar Jackson makes one more play than Pat Mahomes, or I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes, excuse me, and um, I will give the edge to um, to uh, Baltimore and whatever points they got coming. All right, Baltimore, the only one that I really see as a big hit to them uh, is the two injuries in their secondary, uh, Jimmy Smith, they have him listed as James Smith. I don't know when the NFL got so fucking proper. <laughs> um, and uh, Brandon Trawick is out with an elbow injury. Otherwise, again, Baltimore coming in decently healthy. The question mark with Kansas City is their run game. Yes. Are they going to be able to get LaShawn Lash- McCoy going? He's coming into this game questionable with an ankle injury. Uh, we did say before, Damian Williams is out with a knee injury. Tyreek Hill, still out. And Eric Fisher with a groin, he's out. Uh, must have been spanking the monkey too much. I would have to say here, hmm, I might split this one. I might go Casey win, but Baltimore with the points. And Baltimore's getting how much? Minus six. They're getting six. Yeah, dude. All right, cool. So I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go KC win with Baltimore getting points. Cool beans. And I'm going Baltimore both ways. All right. And we've got Isaac saying turns into a shootout. I think I'm going with the Ravens. All right. So Isaac's got the Ravens both ways. And it looks like he also took, I don't know if you saw, he took the Vikings to win, but he's taking Oakland with the spread. Yeah. That's, right. that, I think that might be a general consensus with everybody. Although I know Al Dape is probably going to be like, oh, go with Oakland with all of it. <laughs> go with all of it. Yeah, I, I'm not mocking him, but I, I guarantee you that's probably what he would say. Yeah, true. All right. So we have now, we have, oh, the game we were kind of screaming about earlier. The Atlanta Falcons visiting Indy and the Andrew Luck-less Colts. Yeah, dude. Um, let me tell you what this game. This game for me as a Bucks fan is important because with and we'll talk about it later. Well, we talked about it earlier actually with Cam being out, with Drew Brees being out. Um, those two teams kind of take a hit as far as uh, play is concerned. With that leaves the door wide open for both Atlanta and Tampa Bay. Um, it, uh, 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 Indianapolis is missing Darius Leonard um, but I'm going to tell you what even though Atlanta won their game last week dude Matt Ryan looked like absolute crap in that game against uh, Philadelphia the one interception that he threw to the linebacker in the end zone was inexcusable like I don't know if his arm got hit or if he just made a, a bad read or whatever, whatever the case was, but it did not look good. And I think Atlanta won last week on the benefit of a non illegal block in the back call that even Helen Keller could have called because that should have been that should not have been a touchdown. Um, with Indianapolis, 
as I mentioned last week, do they just have so much heart? Like this team did not just break down and quit when Andrew Luck decided to retire. I think they knew what was going to happen. I think he told them what was going to happen. And Jacoby Brissett has been all things ready to come and take the role of the starting quarterback. Uh, with that being said, I'm taking Indianapolis at home and, and whatever the points they got coming because I don't think I, I really don't think Atlanta. We saw Atlanta on the road against the Minnesota Vikings and the Vikings ran all over their asses um, with an improved offensive line in Indianapolis. I could see Marlon Mack having a big game. I really could. I could see him having a big game and taking a lot of pressure over Jacoby Brissett for having to throw the football. So I think Indianapolis wins this game, and I think uh, whatever points they have coming with them is is, uh, what they're going to receive. Surprisingly or not, they're a home fave. Minus two to the Falcons. Yeah, exactly. And the under-over for the game is 48. 48? Under-over 48. Man, I probably would come – if I was doing over-unders, I would probably go with the under on that. But, yeah, dude, I'm with Vegas on this, dude. Atlanta is not a good road team. They look like doo-doo in the first week. They, even though they won, look like overall doo-doo last week. And the Indianapolis Colts, you know, I think I think Vegas took takes into that win that they had last week when it seemed like that they were down and out. And Jacoby Brissett comes with the game-winning touchdown. So – I like Indianapolis minus the two. I like Indianapolis to win, and I think they're going to win by more than two. I think the health issue is for, for Marlon Mack is going to be the key. He is coming into this game questionable with a calf. And I, I, outside of that, in fact, I'm looking here. Jonathan Williams has got a uh, rib issue. That may be big for Indy to be able to try to handle. Uh, the, the run game is very, very big for them. Very big for them because it takes that pressure off of Jacoby Brissett. Right. They still have weapons. Either team's got weapons. I just ended up getting Sanu this week for fantasy. So now I have Sanu and Julio. And Calvin Ridley is coming into his own. That's three weapons that you got to hope and pray that Matt Ryan can hit this weekend. It's, it's rough. I mean, they're still playing in a dome. It's not like it's they're, they're, they're not dealing with any weather issues. And the, uh, the mechanics issue for, for Matt Ryan is, is a question in itself. That's where I feel that that's going to be a very big thing. If his mechanics can straighten out because his arm overextended when he threw the interception in the end zone on uh, Sunday night, that was the the real thing. His arm never really goes up that high. Right. So I think that was more of a mechanical issue than anything. Isaac's taking... He took the Colts. Colts, Colts uh, but he does say uh, Julio is going to have a big impact. Which could, which could be so because... Uh, if Matt Ryan has time to to find Julio, I, I'm I'm sure he will. But I mean, Matt Ryan in his first two games have has not looked that impressive. He hasn't. He really hasn't. So, um, yeah, dude, I I don't know, man. I, I from a personal standpoint, do I hope Atlanta gets their asses whipped because they honestly think that they could win the South and do Atlanta has to be the most overrated team in the South. Screw them. So I hope the Colts just beat the complete other breaks out of them just so I could talk just mad smack to all the moron freaking um freaking Atlanta fans dude I can't stand Atlanta to save my life I can't stand the Falcons I can't stand their dumbass fans um so yeah dude I hope any and that's a game I'll be watching a lot of too until Tampa plays at three so 
freaking. See, I'm I'm a little torn on this one myself. I really am torn because I got to hope my fantasy team takes off this weekend, and I just have, you know, Julio and Muhammad Sanu on my team. So, I I can hope for maybe a three point win by Indy to cover, which would be nice. But they, I mean, then again, they've played they they've played offensive teams very very closely this year. And and also remember, Indianapolis has that retractable dome too. So I bet you if the sun is out and it's nice, um, um, Indy is not going to give Atlanta the dome. Uh, was it the dome advantage for lack of a better way of putting it? All right. Next up on the list, two and zero Green Bay versus zero and two Denver. Yeah, dude. I mentioned earlier, Green Bay's defense is monstrous like it's much better than i thought it was going to be um and i don't i don't see them taking a step back this week against a, a denver team that still can't find its 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 identity offensively defensively last week against the bears they did exactly what they were supposed to you know they tried they they for th- what what is it 60 minutes in a game for 59 55 they pretty much kept Mitchell Trubisky in check until they messed around and let him throw that ball to Allen Robinson that set up Pinero for the extra, uh, for the game-winning field goal. So, you know, <clears throat> and Denver just the last two weeks have just not been able to get things going offensively. And I don't think that it changes against Green Bay. So, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers – Aaron Rodgers hasn't been like the Aaron Rodgers of old. He's not out there throwing 350, 400-yard games. But that's because Aaron Jones has really stepped up as uh, the starting running back. And Jamal Williams has kind of been the passing down back. So they're getting the running game back going to give some to take some of the pressure off of uh, Aaron Rodgers. So I like Green Bay and whatever points they got coming. I just think this game is going to be too tough for Denver, too tough on the road. And, you know, it's going to be a bad way for them to start 0-3 against an, in an AFC West that I thought was going to be kind of wide open. But, you know, Denver, Denver's struggling. And think about it like this, too. Like, has Von Miller taken a step back? Because I don't think I heard his name a lot in that game against Chicago. I didn't. And Chicago, I mean, they have a decent offensive line, but they don't have a great one to where at least Von Miller couldn't have gotten a sack. It was Bradley Chubb that was getting everything going. So, um, yeah, dude, I'm I, Isaac says Packers both ways. I'm with him on that. I'm taking Packers both ways. Well, it's Green Bay minus six and a half, so it's a touchdown, basically. And the under over for the game is 43 and a half. Denver's got to show up at some point. They really, really do. Defensively, they really need to show up. And I think the one major thing that Denver's not doing is that they're not using the Sanders factor. They're not getting enough KFC. They're just not getting enough KFC. So I'm going to go with Green Bay the same, but I I may say, uh, even though I'm making the pick, there may be an upset this weekend in Green Bay. You really think Denver's going to go on Green Bay and beat them? I have a feeling. You got to remember, years back, there might be that whole Denver Green Bay from the Super Bowl issue. Fair enough, because that technically would be a Super Bowl Super Bowl rematch, even though it was like twenty years ago. Yeah, right. Literally twenty years ago. All right. I'm just going to give numbers. We really do not need to explain this game. 
Miami, Dallas, the line, 22 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, dude. This, you're right. There's no explanation that needs to be done with this. It's, it's Dallas both ways. The only, the only thing that needs to be talked about is that Michael Gallup won't be in the game because he had to have that knee situation. I think he's, he got his knee cleaned out or scoped or something, and he'll be out four to six weeks. But like I told you off air, dude, Devin Smith has the same amount of speed, if not more speed, than Michael Gallup. And we saw it in that 45-yard touchdown pass that he had, or it was like 50-yard touchdown pass that they had in the uh, game last week against Washington. Do Miami sucks, Dallas both ways. Okay. That's probably going to be a general consent. Yeah. Even Isaac said Cowboys moving on. <laughs> like I said, sometimes these picks just don't need very much explanation. Right. We all know Miami is tanking. All right. Now, I know you're going to get a little bit more... Oh, can I, can I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'll say this too. I think what's his name is actually starting this week too. Isn't Rosen, I think Rosen's starting yes, over. Uh, Rose, Rosen is starting. Okay. It won't make a difference, but it's, it's worth noting. Actually, can we, can we, I actually want to delve into that whole thing uh, with it. His numbers against the Pats in the fourth quarter were actually better for the limited time that he played than Fitzpatrick did. Yeah, dude. Hey, look, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay. Ryan Fitzpatrick, at the end of the day, they started him because they knew that they were going to tank for the season. It's almost the same. And, oh, my God, dude, I don't want to jump the gun, but it's the same thing I feel about the Giants. Like, I'm not against you. um, You said it best last week when it – or not last week. Actually, you said it on Tuesday when it came to the New York Giants. Which is the game we're going to talk about now. Just let you know. Four o'clock slate starts now. Does it really? Yes, we it does. The 12s? Oh, sweet. Okay. This is where I'm confused. Where I'm confused is, and, and, and somebody echoed your sentiments on Wednesday after we did the show, so they must have been listening. You could have let Eli Manning go at the beginning of the year, save $25 million, and fix whatever holes you had. Instead, you brought him back probably for one farewell tour and then just let him go off in the in the sunset. And if he decides to retire, you let him retire. And then if he, if he decides to sign somewhere else, you sign him somewhere else. The entire point of drafting Daniel Jones and the Giants said this when they drafted him, that he was going to be the Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre situation. So why is it in week three against Tampa, a better play defense that you would bring in Daniel Jones? It doesn't make any flipping sense because if you're the New York Giants and you know you're not going to win and you know there's two teams better than you in the East and you know there's six or seven teams better you in the NFC, Dude, your problem necessarily isn't Eli Manning. Dude, you could stop your own shadows on defense. The defense overall has given up 60-something points in the last two games. No team is going to win like that. And bringing in Daniel Jones is, in my opinion, a desperate move to save somebody's job because the New York Giant fan base and the New York Giants um. And the New York Giants uh, um, front office have kind of been all right. The New York Giant fan base has been impatient because they know that it should be better. The New York Giants front office, in my opinion, are a bunch of morons running it because 
I guess you got your guy in Daniel Jones, but you left a lot of good defensive guys out there. Not saying Dexter Lawrence wasn't a good guy, but I don't think that the Washington Redskins were saying, oh, we want Daniel Jones at 17 or whatever. They, I think, were locked in on Dwayne Haskins because he has some ties with the team. So it goes back to Miami. Why would you bring in Josh Rosen if the sole purpose of you trading for him was to bring in a young quarterback because Tannehill ran his course? There's no way in hell you're going to tell me that Ryan Fitzpatrick had a better preseason than Josh Rosen that you would throw him out there. It doesn't. It, I mean, it, it's just mind blowing. So Miami, when they started Ryan Fitzpatrick, even though they don't want to say that they were tanking, were tanking from the get go. The New York Giants need to follow suit and just let Eli be Eli and move on because you don't have any wide receivers. Your offensive line still sucks. Your defense still sucks. The only thing that you have is a good running back and a what should be a pretty decent quarterback. You don't have anything else. So why are you trying to win games to play yourself out of a decent pick to make your team better in the future? It does not make sense. This move doesn't make sense. I would have let just let Eli go in there, do his thing, and then we're going to cut bait and we'll go with Daniel Jones next year. Daniel Jones probably isn't ready. I don't think he's ready. I really don't. Right. And Josh Rosen was ready because Josh Rosen had NFL experience and you traded you traded two of your best players, one really good player, Laramie Tunsil, and a speedy wide receiver for first round draft picks to start Ryan Fitzpatrick. That is tank mode. That is pure tank mode. Here's my issue with the New York Giants. Okay. Eli had a fairly decent year last year, okay? Yes, they only had five wins, all right? They went 5-11 and 11 last year, and he had a full complement of receivers. Yes, the offensive line got better at the end of the year, okay? If Eli was released, traded, what? well, no, they can't trade him because he has a no-trade clause, Okay. Uh, I did hear Giants fans say, oh, he's a giant for life. That's what he signed on for. Um, no. After this coming season, I believe, is the end of his contract. Yep. He's not signing an extension. All right? The Giants are not going to sign him in as, as an extension. Okay? He obviously has said he's not waiving his, his trade clause. So now you're stuck with $23-plus million sitting on the bench. Yep. Okay, I will say it again. I say it all the time. If you would have just given Eli his farewell address at the end of last season, okay, $23 million, and let's say at an average of four and a half, okay, four, about four and a half million dollars, okay, you could have come back with five fucking defensive players. Okay, and that's not paying them at enormous salaries. Okay, you could have signed unrestricted free agents. You could have signed guys who were not drafted in the in the draft back in June. Okay, you could have brought five other players in at four and a half million a year. All right, that has already bolstered your defense. And you never know, you could have gotten some freaking pot luck out of getting some receivers. 
that were released by other teams, and there were good receivers that were out there. So now you're still waiting on Tate to come back. He's got two more games, okay? Yes, they do not have... Uh, what's it, What the fuck is his name? Got to find it again. All right, they don't have uh, Latimer for the game, all right? But the offensive line at this point is healthy. So if they could protect Jones... And I believe the only reason why I probably would go with Jones in this, A, Tampa's defense is better than it's than I've seen for a long time. Okay? I will agree on that. But Jones is also more mobile. He's going to be able to keep plays a lot longer going than what Eli can. Jones is half a fucking, well, I wouldn't say half of Eli's age, but he's got a good good run at being younger and being a lot more mobile his accuracy is going to be obviously the question and can his receivers catch the ball because a lot of the games in college, a lot of his incompletions were due to drops. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put that into an effect as well. Duke's not really a big name college. We can both agree on that. So, you know what? Let's give, let's give Jones a chance here. You never know. Like I said before, he look, he did fairly well in the preseason with accuracy his completion percentage was pretty good. So I'm going to go on the run with that. But you know what? Eli should have had his his swan song last year. Done. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. And there's some people that are saying that this could be a trap game for Tampa um, because um, for the simple fact of we haven't seen Jones, so there's no tape on Jones. And, you know, they might come out like, oh, they brought in this rookie and whatnot. But I don't think that's going to happen with this coaching staff. I think Todd Bowles is going to keep them focused. I think Todd Bowles is going to keep their heads in. Um, and I honestly think that um, Tampa's defense has a game plan. And we're going to see because we saw uh, uh, Shaq Barrett last week against Carolina have three sacks, mainly all of them coming in the second half when he just kept speed rushing past uh, their left tackle. Uh, I see him maybe having a I don't I don't want to say a similar game, but if he can consistently keep getting pressure t- onto the quarterback, um, I think I think uh, Tampa's in good hands. The key I think for Tampa Bay is can they stop Saquon Barkley? Because I think that first off, Tampa's running game or the run defense has really been amazing. You held one of the best dual threat running backs last week to 60 total yards. So Saquon Barkley is going to bring uh, a headache, but again, the Bucks run defense has been up to task. So I just think, I don't know, dude, I personally agree with you where I think Eli should have been, had the, the, uh, the farewell tour last year. And I think that, you know, we, Daniel Jones could have started at the beginning this year. I just think bringing him in in week three of the season is a 100% desperate move. I think it's a desperate move for Gettleman to keep his job. I think it's a desperate move for Shermer to keep his job. And I just think, um, uh, I just, I, I, I really think, uh, I, I'm with Medina. He just said the Bucks got this win over the Giants. The Giants are trash. I, I think Tampa Bay wins. Well, I really, uh, I, the, I, the I, line I, for the game, the line for the game is Tampa minus six and yeah. under over 49. Yeah, dude. I would take, I would probably take the under, but I would definitely take Tampa minus the six. 
Oh, and since since the Giants defense is so bad, go ahead and write this down. All right. Jameis, I'm going to go 23 or 29. Let me think. If Dak Prescott can throw for 405 on the Giants, I'm going to go with Jameis 349 and three touchdowns and no picks again. All right. I lost last week's prediction, so don't even ask. <laughs> All right. Uh, Isaac's got Tampa both ways. But Dina, message me your picks after after the show. I'll give you the spreads. Um, uh, you know what? You 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 you, you kind of took the word out of my mouth before when you said trap game. I think this game is going to be a lot closer than six points. I really somehow will say that this game is going to be somehow like closer than six. I think what I'm going to end up doing is Tampa win, but I'm going to give the Giants the six. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I, I you know what. I'm not saying that I'm riding the Daniel Jones fucking bandwagon. I'm not going to say that. But you know what? A lot of quarterbacks, whether they have been drafted in the first round or the sixth round or the fourth round, have somehow like made a surprise to everybody. And I think Daniel Jones coming out now, because Saquon said it in the, in the media earlier this week, he goes, he's not out to impress the media. He's out there to do a job for his fan base. He's there to do a job for his team and the, the, the organization. And I think Jones may actually come out smelling like a rose in this one. Really kind of have a feeling about that. My feelings as of late have been kind of really weird, but, you know, it happens. <laughs> Fair right. enough. All right. Cam newton Panthers go to Arizona. We have a line of Carolina minus three, Arizona 43 and a half. Yeah, dude, I'm taking uh I'm taking Arizona both ways. And the fact that Cam's not playing is what is what uh lets me to think that. Um that's a big injury. And I don't for the life of me, I can't think of who's backing up Cam Newton nowadays. It used to be Derek Anderson for so long, but I think they've moved on. But if Christian McCaffrey does not have a good game, um, this team's not winning. And I think with Arizona, Arizona's another team that's showed a lot of grit and heart. You know, they were down against Detroit and they came back to at least tie it. They were, you know, neck and neck with Baltimore and could have had a shot, but Lamar Jackson made that big play to Hollywood Brown and um, that pretty much ended the game. So I think with, with Arizona, I think they noticed that Cam's not going to play, and I think guys like Chandler Jones and T-Sizzle are about to lick their chops, especially whoever's going against the left tackle, which I think usually is T-Sizzle. You know, w- with what I said about Shaq Barrett last week, you know, if, if they don't block over there, uh, the quarterback's going to have no time. So I'm going to take Arizona plus the points. Carolina's going to this game 0-2. I don't know if Ron Rivera is going to fucking – Really want that fucking going 0-3. Let me. I'm just trying to find out find out from the uh, the news article here who the backup is. So it's second year quarterback Kyle Allen. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So this guy has not really seen the field except for the preseason. Um, he has thrown. Oh, he actually did start a game for the Panthers over here, so I could see getting old and getting tired. Uh, he went 20 for 31, 64 and a half uh, completion percentage, two touchdowns, no picks. 
Quarterback rating of 113.1 for one game. Hey, and look at it like this, too. Look at it like this, too. Do you know that Cam Newton has not won a football game in his last eight starts? That's freaking crazy. I didn't think uh, Carolina was on the down downfall like that. But in the last eight games that um, in the last eight games that Cam Newton has started in, the Carolina Panthers have are 0 and 8. That's crazy. Uh, Isaac said this could be Mary, Murray's bet breakup game, a breakout game going with Arizona both ways. Medina thinks that this is a trap game as well. I, I really think yeah, I think Arizona gets their first win. And on top of that, if you're if you're Carolina, man, this is a must win. Again, talking so much about the injury to Drew Brees has really opened up the South. But if if they're going to take a step back, you would think Carolina would take a step up. But they're just offensively, they're a total mess. And they definitely were a mess last week against Tampa Bay. So I I see um I see uh I see Arizona uh do, doing work. I'm going Carolina. Yeah. I'm going to go to Carolina. I mean, yes, it's a freaking small sample. It's a minuscule sample of what the guy did. But he did pa- He did have almost a 65% pass completion. His quarterback rating was pretty high for a guy that only had started one game. So, you know what? I think I might actually go the Carolina route. Um, but if I do lose, I, I will wear my Arizona Cardinals jersey on uh, Tuesday. I'll tell you that. So you got Carolina winning? I got Carolina winning, but I think I probably will be wearing that Arizona Cardinals jersey on uh, Tuesday. Fair enough. All right. Steelers, 49ers, line for the game, six and a half. Uh, San Francisco, minus six and a half. Game is in San Fran, under over 43 and a half. Yeah, you know, think about it like this. Two weeks ago on the Sunday night game, the Steelers' defense had issues, and the Steelers' uh, offense had issues against New England's defense. San Francisco is the real flipping deal. Like their their front seven is something serious to uh to be reckoned with. If you think about it, Week One that defense produced two pick sixes that got them the win against Tampa last week. Even though guys like John Ross and um, uh, I can't think of the other guy. Uh, Boyd both had, excuse me, had had good games. They still got blown out. Cincinnati did against San Francisco. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is starting to get comfortable now. You know, and 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 here's here's the real deal. Uh, what's his name? Kyle Shanahan loves running the football. And even though they didn't have Tevin Coleman last week, they still effectively ran the football. Um, this is a no brainer for me. I think uh, even though they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, offensively, without Big Ben, this team's going to take two steps back. I have no faith in Mason Rudolph. So give me 49ers both ways. All right. Now, the injury report here does have Tevin Coleman out. Jalen Hurd out. A very big loss. And, and the, the reason uh, it's a big loss is Joe Staley broke his fibula. Okay? Did? Yeah. He broke Who? his Joe Staley. Offensive okay. tackle? Yeah. Broke his fibula. So that means Garoppolo's uh, blind side is going to be the question mark. Who's going to be able to protect his blind side? See, I went against them last week because I knew they had all these fucking injuries and they put up 41 on fucking Cincinnati. 
Pittsburgh, but he's got to stand up somehow, man. Like, I don't know. I'm going to go 49ers as well. I think my 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 brain is going to have a fart because I think it, I think Pittsburgh is going to keep the game close like they did with Seattle. I'm, I'm going to put it in a San Fran both. We got yeah. uh, Isaac that they're going to win big. So he's got San Fran both. All right. Yeah, I love this fucking. <laughs> All right. Yes, uh. Drew Brees less. I keep putting the less because we keep cutting down all of these quarterbacks. Yeah, right. New Orleans travels to Seattle. You know, the home of Starbucks. The coffee that my, I fucking hate. My question. Yeah, me too. I, I, dude, don't get me started. Freaking Starbucks. Hey, can I help you with your order? And I'd be like, uh, yeah, let me get a, uh, you want a medium caramel fry? I can't read the goddamn menu. And then they'd be like, uh, sir, we don't have medium. We have, uh, Vici, Grande, and Vinny, or, or whatever. I'd be like, bro, just give me what's in the middle, dude. Oh, uh, you got me over here speaking this foreign ass language. Anyway. <laughs> My question with Seattle is when this defense is going to flip and show up. Like, come on, man. You made this big trade to bring in. You made a big trade to bring in to Davion Clowney. And then supposedly Bobby Wagner is this 99 worth giving of Madden. And I don't think he is. And what happened with D Ford? Yeah, exactly. And they barely escaped Pittsburgh last week. Um, I think this is a hard game to start Teddy Bridgewater with. It's going to be a lot of the Alvin Kamara show. I think it's going to be the same thing, but I guess I've been hearing too that maybe Teddy Bridgewater won't take all the snaps. Word on the street is is that that they might uh, split snaps with um, uh, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater. So they're going to give Seattle some different looks. Um, but this is uh, uh, what you call it has a weak secondary too. New Orleans does. And they kind of got hit in the mouth a little bit last week against Los Angeles. Um, they kind of got hit in the mouth the week before against Houston. And I think they're going to get hit in the mouth again this week against Seattle. Um, if Drew Brees was playing, I would think that maybe the Saints had some kind of a chance. But it is not going to be easy uh, trying to play Seattle on the road. So give me Seattle both ways. All right. So just so everybody knows, Seattle is minus four and a half, which is what it was last week. Well, it was four points with Pittsburgh uh, giving them. I am going to second that pick. Yes. All right. right. So the last of the quote unquote four o'clock slate. Is Texans at Chargers. It is LA Chargers minus 449 and the under over. Isaac said he's got Seattle both ways. Okay. This game is tough for me. Like when I was I was doing my uh pick'em picks in the, in this ESPN fantasy. Um and the one that I had the most trouble with was this one because I don't trust Houston's offense. Deshaun Watson is going to get killed behind this offensive line. And the sad thing is, is you traded a first round draft pick to bring in Laramie Tunsil and he still can't block. And Deshaun Watson's out here getting absolutely smashed. 
Uh, he was getting smashed in the game against New Orleans. He got smashed in the game against Jacksonville last week. And <clears throat> L.A.'s defense is kind of banged up. But, I mean, I feel they can still get pressure onto the um, – I think they can get pressure still onto uh, Deshaun Watson. The reason why this is tough is because I'm not impressed with – what's his name? With L.A. I'm just not. I'm not impressed with that team. Uh, I think Phillip Rivers, everyone keeps saying how underrated Phillip Rivers is. I'm telling you how overrated that I think Phillip Rivers is. And he made a stupid-ass play that that made the Chargers end up losing when they um, when he threw that ball into double coverage when he had a man wide open in the middle. Um, the game is in L.A., so I think that's a little bit of a of an advantage for the chargers. I'm going to reluctantly go with, um, LA. Hopefully that their defense can tighten up the screws and be okay. Um, and maybe just maybe hold on to a lead, but we'll see what happens. But I like, um, I like, uh, 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 Jesus LA both ways. The chargers. Uh. I, feel that side. I feel that side, dude. I'm telling you, I'm in the same boat. You're in. The same boat. You know what? This is this is where my question is, and we obviously saw Houston have a pretty good game against New Orleans. Yeah, they fell short. All right, last week they played Jacksonville. Am I wrong? Or they played Jacksonville last week? Yes. All right, Jacksonville last week. Yep. I barely got out of that one. If Houston ends up coming back with a fourth quarter comeback, this is where I'm just gonna fucking want to. Just go crazy. I'm going to go. It's going to fucking be lovely. I'm going to go Chargers with the win, but I'm going to go with Houston taking the four. Nice. I can see that too, especially with what you're saying because LA in the last couple of games, like, well, the week before their defense gave up uh, points in order for them to go to the overtime. This week, their offense had ample opportunities to score points. The only problem was was that um, they didn't have a kicker. Their kicker got hurt. So I know that that, that kind of factored into what was going on. But still, man, like Phillip Rivers trying to go for broke, knowing that you don't have a kicker, and you make a stupid-ass throw that gets them um, that gets them beat. So, All right, Isaac, are you taking uh, the Chargers giving the points? Got to find out about that. All right. Uh, moving on, we've got the Sunday night game. It is the Rams versus the Browns in Cleveland. We have a line of Rams minus two and a half under over 51. Isaac says yes. Um, I will say this. I'm kind of with you with L.A.'s defense, and here's why. Like I know we all talk about how great Aaron Donald has been, um, but without him having Indomitian Sue, I feel like there's there might have been a little bit of an exposure of Aaron Donald, and I don't feel like he's having the same impactful season as he did last year, and I don't feel like the Rams' defense um, is as strong this year as it was last year. What I will say is, is that if Cleveland doesn't get their act together offensively, this team's going to be in trouble. Now, we mentioned earlier uh, David and Joku out with the broken wrist. Um, 
he's going to be gone for a little bit. But, man, at what point does someone tell Baker Mayfield, hey, man, you know, you can't release the ball a couple of seconds earlier than you've been throwing the ball? I feel like Baker Mayfield holds on to the ball way too long. And it's been some of the issues that he's been dealing with this year. Um, I think that the that Cleveland's defense is amazing. So I think the matchup is going to be the, the matchup to see in this game is going to be Cleveland's defense against L.A.'s offense. But something tells me because L.A.'s offense is still clicking on all cylinders, especially with Cooper Cup coming back. I like what did you say? Uh, Cleveland is uh, getting Cleveland's getting two and a half. Give me give me the uh, the Rams. The uh, Give me both ways. L.A. OK. By the way, I almost did call them the San Diego Chargers again. <laughs> Just letting you know. It happens. I uh, feel like this must be a, a must win for Cleveland. With that said, I'm going with the Rams both ways. We talk about the running game, how it's been kind of non-existent with a lot of teams. Right. What's the deal with Todd Gurley? Again, he, the motherfucker's getting paid a lot of money. And he's only showing up lately in the last two games as the quote-unquote closer. He apparently doesn't exist in the first two and a half to three quarters of a game. Only in the fourth quarter does he explode. There, I, must, be, there must be something wrong with that knee that they're not telling us. And you know what? As much as everybody... Well, I jumped on the bandwagon last year with, with, with Baker Mayfield. I think this year... He got a little bit too big for his draws, and he is not playing to the potential that he's supposed to. Uh, Tuesday night show, we did break it down. Without that Odell catch, he didn't throw for more than freaking 220 yards. Yep. So if it's going to be the big play machine, I'm going to go with the Rams both both sides of the coin. Yes, sir. Uh, a lot of identical picks, so we hope, we'll hope they all go through. Yeah, for real. Monday night football. I am entrusting you to watch this game because I have a review for a college that I have to go do. Uh, it's Chicago at Washington. It is Chicago minus five under over 42 and a half. My only issue, whatever small issue that I'm going to have with this game is going to be um, Chicago's offense. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Um, they needed a miracle play to beat Denver last week. The week before, they didn't even score. Like, think about it. They only scored one touchdown in two games. Mitchell Trubisky has not thrown a touchdown this season. Um, I think that changes because the Washington Redskins suck so bad that it's not even funny. This team is terrible. Um, I got to give it up to Case Keenum, though. He's been holding his own, but... The thing with Washington is, you know, their defense is just not that good. Like Josh Norman. Remember when Josh Norman was considered to be one of the top defensive backs in the league? Mm -hmm. This has been getting burnt for the last two weeks. And it's just I don't I have no faith in Washington's defense. So hopefully this will be the game that Chicago can turn their offense around and hang their hats on. But at the same time, like when I did my pick them, I, I thought about it and I was like, man, the Bears defense is so damn good. The Redskins just suck. The Bears offense can't can go off, even though the Redskins suck. 
but I don't know if I want to put in so much stock. I got the Bears winning 19-10, so um, I'm taking the Bears both ways. You know, I have absolutely no faith and no respect for the Washington Redskins. They can go blow themselves. Give me Chicago. I'm splitting my pick. And I'm thinking at this point right now, the only thing that Washington has I, has a little bit more of the advantage of is the run game. That's the only thing I really think that advantage is is the run game. You never know when AP is going to go off. That's that's always a big big piece of it. I mean, he is like 34, 35 years old, but you know he just didn't move himself up in the record books. And he still got the juice. I, I think he does. I think he juice. does. I really do believe that. So I'm going to go with Chicago with the win, but I only have this at like maybe a 23-20 affair. If it even if even that many points get scored, I uh, I think it's going to do the over on this one because the over the under over is forty one. Um, I, yeah, I think that's probably the, the the better solution is Chicago with the win and Washington with the points. If Washington scores twenty points against the uh, Chicago Bears, then the football gods are not with the Chicago Bears because. I, I just don't I, I can't put enough faith in Trubisky. I really okay, cannot put enough faith enough. in him. Not fair enough on that. Because you know, and it's so it's so funny, like, dude, this is why some Bears fans give me gas sometimes. Because what I don't understand is is that for so long everyone's talking about, yeah, Mitch is the man, he's the future, he's this and that, blah, 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 all this other stuff. He my, my my quarterback's better than yours and all this other garbage. And then for three games, he hasn't been looking that great. Now, all of a sudden, it's, oh, we should have taken Deshaun Watson. Oh, we could have had Patrick Mahomes. Oh, we could have did the, the whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just thinking to myself, man, you were just putting Mitchell Trubisky on this pedestal. And all of a sudden, you can't, you borderline can't wait to run this man out of town. So I think a little bit is of, of the offensive woes. I think some of it is Chicago or uh, Matt Nagy and the play calling. And I think some of it is Mitch, is it's Trubisky. And, and somehow at some point, they're going to have to get on the same page. But you're, I don't know why Matt Nagy is not using, um, uh, Isaiah Mon- or yeah, is it Isaiah Montgomery, David Montgomery? They're David young. Montgomery. David Montgomery, their um, young running back, the same way you did Jordan Howard and used Tariq Cohen the same way you did last year. Like, stop trying to make Tariq Cohen this in between the tackles, twenty carry a guy running back. That's not what he is. That's like in Philadelphia, turn around, it's like, all right, Darren Sproles, we're going to give you thirty carries a game for what? That's not his game, and it's not Tariq Cohen's game. So they need to cut that mess out and make and, and work with Tariq Cohen for what it was, and they're not doing it. And I think it's it's contributing to some of the woes that that's the Chicago offense because now teams are like, okay, we dare you to run the ball with Montgomery because you don't have Jordan Howard. So the respect level is not there. And now you're going to tell everybody, yeah, okay, we're going to run this stupid draw play with Tariq Cohen. Nah, man, make him a receiver out of the backfield, kind of like what James White is to Tom Brady. That's how Tariq Cohen needs to be used, and Matt Nagy's not utilizing it. 
Well, so until I feel like he utilizes it, man, I think it's going to be a lot of stress on Trubisky because now you're asking him to throw the ball down the field to guys like Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, um, uh, Trey Burton whenever he decides to be healthy. And I don't know if Mitch is ready to make those kind of throws because he had his security blanket in Tariq Cohen. And again, I, I, I always kind of poke at it, but and you brought it up on Mac and Black on Saturday, the effect is there. The effect is there of not having that one running back that fit the system. And right. I think regenerating the system behind the offensive line is a, is a very big thing because, yes, they are two different styles of player, but when you have that one guy that the, the, the hack and slash is what I usually like to call it, it's the right. guy who's the heavy hitter, and then you got the guy that's like the lightning speed uh, juke maneuver guy. That, that's, that's where you kind of need it, and I just don't see that fit right now in Chicago. And that's, nah. why I do, that's why I question, again, a lot of Chicago's offense, because if you don't have a halfway decent running game, your quarterback is going to get pummeled and not be able to make the right decisions needed. Right. So that's where I kind of I, I fit this, this whole scenario in. All right, so that's our uh, week three picks. We got our week news in. Uh, we do hope and pray that our uh, cohorts will be uh, back on Tuesday because a full slate of games to talk about for me. Uh, just makes me want to do something I don't normally do, which is uh, drink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Nick, do you have any final words before we uh, sign off? Uh, yes, Tampa Bay will be the kings of the NFC South by the time Sunday's over with. Well, at least by the time the afternoon game is over with, we will be the kings of the South. Um, I cannot wait for us to be in first place because I'm going to be in Facebook talking all kinds of smack as I should, but we got to get this win today because next week we have the Rams in LA and that game, I can tell you right now, it's going to be tough, but the Bucks got to take care of business. I'm looking forward to the game. I just wish that these guys, and I'm pretty sure the game next week against LA is another three o'clock game. God bless. So I don't know why this game Sunday is three o'clock, but I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I'm just looking forward to Dak Prescott lighting it up for, for my fantasy team and to make me keep looking good because Dallas could end up being 3-0. And what guy said that Dallas was going to be raw as hell this year? And uh, you're looking at him. Well, my final words is is thank you, everybody, for tuning in on MileHighRadio.com because uh, this show is uh, pretty much premiering at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the coast. Uh, also, don't forget Pain Train Pipe Bomb, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard every Saturday. Pipe Bomb Metallic every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the Pain Train Productions crew has been rolling out a lot of good shows. Uh, don't also forget that there is merchandise at paintrainpipebomb.threadless.com. Great merchandise, great designs, affordable prices. And uh, as I... Uh, Close this book. I will close out the show. We will get you guys back here live on Facebook, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, Tuesday night. Catch everybody next week. Peace.